Hello, I am Sarah Vine. This is Sarah Vine's Female Half Hour from Mel Plus. I'm joined this week, as every week, but not last week, by my friend and co-host Imogen Edwards-Jones. Hello. Hello, hello. Coming up on today's show, the fitness trainer who gives stars a cinema screen-ready physique will join us to tell us how to look and feel better. And phone to the show, Lynn Franks, is here to explain how a new treatment involving removing all her blood twice made her feel so much better. Lynn Franks joins us now and she's looking radiant and healthy, having given herself what can only be described as one of the most extreme health treatments that we've ever heard of. It's a bit like having an oil change, isn't it? It's exactly like that. It's like taking your car in for an MOT, really, and then but coming you look out. Amazing. You look oh, thank amazing you. in your saffron robes. My saffron robes. Your saffron sweater, robes. actually. Sarah. It's very lovely. And your beetroot coloured hair, which I'm rather envious of, actually. I don't think it is beetroot. Isn't it beetroot? No. It's not quite beetroot, but no. it's, well, it's, it's natural silver at the front. and then Is it magenta? Good. I don't know. That's call better. it whatever. You like that's anyway. better beetroot's darker anyway listen, dear it listeners it's amazing it's yeah. amazing well coloured hair as, as I was saying it's the way forward well, it's something I've had since I was about 15 so I'm not yeah. ready to give up yet I tried colouring my hair when I was about 15 with food dye and then of course you go out in the rain and it just sort of goes and dribbles down the back of your neck yeah, it's very Excellent. attractive really attractive <laughs> I did henna my hair for years actually did you? I, I loved henna henna is hair. about the best thing you can put on your yeah. hair it really is the healthiest yeah. it does smell disgusting though. I know but I used to and you ruined I ruined every bathroom yeah. we ever had it smells revolting because I used to work for the body shop yeah I was a sales assistant in the Oxford Street one while I was at university back in the day when Anita was still yeah. there I was in charge of making baskets oh were you? and my job was to sit in the mezzanine and then select the products and then cover them in cling film and then blow dry the cling film with a hairdryer in order to make it shrink. We were so bored at school that we used to try and eat the body shop. Oh, OK. So the, the idea was, did the peppermint foot lotion actually taste of peppermint yeah. and obviously foot lotion? <laughs> <laughs> but that's why I used to have it in my hair because I used to get it half price. Oh, I see. Okay. Well, Body Shop was revolutionary and amazing, and Anita Roddick, who's Incredible. I'm glad to say a friend, mm. uh, was also absolutely extraordinary. And mm. she was the first person really trying to make change in society through business mm. that mm. I was aware of. Mm. We worked quite closely. I put a big thing on called "What Women Want" at the South Bank mm. in '97, and she sort of got behind it and did huge yeah. posters in her windows. Yeah, she. I loved, loved, loved Anita well, Roddick. She was amazing. Her shop was so fun working for them. And yeah. at the time I was vegetarian and I had my hair and I wore mm. a lot of patchouli. Were you? Yes. So you're a bit of an old hippie. like Well, you were a young hippie. Like, I was mean, me, who was an old hippie. Secretly a bit of an old hippie. <laughs> um, but they we're not here to talk about me, um, sadly, obviously. No. We're here to talk about <laughs> <laughs> so tell, tell us about your blood, Lynn. What, what was it? What did you do? Well, I am always looking for the way to stay healthy mm. as I get older, like we all are, I guess. And I have a friend that I follow and spend time with who does detox retreats mm. in Mallorca and Formentera, and I've worked with her for years. Mm. And she's Austrian, and I do find that the Austrians and Germans, or German-speaking people, are much more ahead of the game mm. when it comes to medicine or science, let's mm. say. Well, there's the Mayer Clinic, isn't there? Which, there's the Mayer which Clinic, which I've been to. You've been there? Yeah. I think they made me eat a lot of potatoes with Did tiny they? chopped up chives. Oh, on you were lucky. Tiny. I had I a horrible it. bit of dry spelt every day. <laughs> but but they had loads of machines that were way ahead yeah. of their time. Like they, I don't know if you tried the one that they take the blood out and they oxygenate it and then they put it back in. No, no. I didn't. I had a thing where I had to put my foot in it. I had to put Kniping. my feet in The kneeping is the hot and the cold. And, I, and then yeah, you sit there and then you detox through your feet. That one. Which is a way to detox. I had to. In fact, when I was in Bavaria doing the blood Thing. I had a dry out on a machine that detoxed through your feet yeah. and uh, it was amazing. And then, of course, the water that's left in the machine is absolutely black. It's disgusting. You realise what you've got coming out. And the blood was a bit like that. So my friend Ursula Peer, who runs these 
detox retreat. He said to me, I've come across this clinic in Bavaria who do a blood cleaning process. Mm. And she did it and her 75-year-old mother did it. And they felt wonderful. So Ursula put a group of eight of us together. There were seven women and one guy and mostly German speaking. And she put a retreat around it in this beautiful place on the river in the Bavarian forest where we went to stay and got fed absolutely delicious, healthy food every day. And in that period of six days when we were there, we had two sessions of going to this clinic run by a guy called Dr. Strava, who I have to say doesn't look very healthy himself, but I ignore that. (laughs) They never do. They never do. They tested me with kind of ultrasonic and ECGs for the heart, came out of it, it seemed I was fine. So then you have this two and a half hours, more or less, where you lie on a bed and they put this tube into your inner elbow on one arm and they take the blood out in bits. It goes through a very sci-fi weird machine making lots of noises which has various filters on it and then it filters it through cleans it and puts it back in through the other arm. What are they taking out though? Your blood. What are they filtering out? They're filtering out toxins. Right. So do toxins live in the blood? Yes. Parasites and things like that. Yeah I've got lots of parasites so for somebody that's done a lot of travelling like I have like swum up the Amazon and done things like that. Are you just going to ask can I do this after I've had two bottles of wine? Well no but but I know you can do that after two bottles of wine and it can filter it all out and you can have a vitamin B shot up the bum. Well these machines don't get used for that but no. they're a bit severe for yeah. that sort of thing I think but I'm just wondering sounds if, very Hollywood. If, if you but if you filter it all out does it not just go straight back in again the next day if... well hopefully not the first process the two and a half hours gets out a lot of the stuff in your blood and it gets put in a bag can you see it at you the can end? see it I could Ooh. show you a picture if you like disgusting yellow color Ooh, thing fun. that I would like out of my body and then you have a day off and then you go back because the toxins go into your muscles then. Mm. Quite, and so you actually have to do it twice yeah. to get them out. Before I had it taken out, I had blood tests. And then mm. after I had it taken out, I had further blood tests. Okay. It gets sent away to a very serious mm. Berlin-based mm. analyst's clinic. Mm. So I had to wait to get the results oh, okay. in. And the results were not great, it has to be said. So you couldn't see the difference between A and B? Oh, no, there were lots of differences, but what they found in my blood rather depressed me because oh. they found I had Lyme's disease, which I did not know oh. I had. And they also examine it under a very intense microscope yeah. in the clinic when you when I was there to show how sort of rather sticky mm. clustered platelets have now become much freer happy, and happy little healthy mm. platelets, in my case, not necessarily as happy as some of the others because... Well, as it transpired, four of us out of eight had Lyme's disease. That's so interesting. And you've never had any symptoms? Nope. And there's various levels of Lyme disease. And of course, some people get in, it's very, very Mm. serious, which is what I always thought of. Obviously, he was incredibly depressed when he told me. But there are a lot of people that get it where it actually lives in your system. And how did it make you feel? When I did um, IVF, I had to do an eight-hour blood transfusion. I felt really terrible after it. I felt really tired afterwards. It took me a good two weeks coming back home to feel energetic again. I mean, it came and went, but it was very Mm. tiring because your whole body's recombobulating, isn't it? So I thought I'd literally jump off the bed and be dancing around and out and I was actually not. I was sort of feeling quite sluggish and but I do feel much better Mm. and my hairdresser said my hair has never looked and felt more healthy. But it does, it looks, I have to say, it looks my, really silky. It, 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 and, and hair and nails is a very good way to yes. know you're in a health. Did they say afterwards that you should eat certain things or...? No, but because I've been doing a detox with Ursula, I pretty much kept on it. Not last night, I hastened to add, where I had a big dinner with friends. But I was staying on a detox when I came back, so I haven't been drinking and I don't drink coffee and been 
pretty much staying on plant-based food. So they don't tell you to do that, but you just I did do that and I felt better for it. But I've still got a lot of work to do because it, it, for me, it really just opened mm. the door to finding out all these other things because I am getting quite breathless. Now, I put that down to age and years of asthma, but actually it looks like it could be the parasites and the Lyme disease. So now I want to get really well. So I really do feel the blood was just the start. So what's the next step? Well, I've started the next step. The next step is my teeth because the other thing that came through was there's a lot of stuff going on in my gums. Now, I've always looked after my teeth well. I've written about this. Have you? Well, the thing is, not to talk about me again, obviously, (laughs) but I I always had terrible teeth. I was subjected to terrible dentistry when I was a child. Me too. By my parents, who who went to live in Italy, where there were really no dentists. It all came to a head, and it turned out that I'd had an undetected abscess in my jaw, basically, and which had been happily gnawing away at my bone and had been basically dripping poison into my system. How how long ago was that? About 10. Remember I was... a jaw graft? Yes, I had to have have a bone graft in my jaw, which was agony. The worst thing I've ever done. I've had two children, an appendectomy, broken several bones, (laughs) and honestly, a jaw graft is one of the worst things. Oh, don't tell me because I may have to do that. It's very painful. I would warn you. No, it was fine, Sarah. No, it was fine. It was fine. But the the thing is, is that they said rather sort of airily as dentists do, oh, no, we don't need to give you general anaesthetic. It'll be absolutely fine. And they didn't do it under general anaesthetic. They did it under a local anaesthetic. So I would seriously recommend that you ask for general anaesthetic because it's very painful. I don't know if I'd have to do that. But first of all, I've been looking for what they call these days a biodentist, of which there are not very many what in this that? country. And a biodentist works very much with your body, not mm. just your mouth, and sees exactly this sort of thing mm. of that's happening, where the infections are, how that's affecting the rest mm. of your health. Well, you know, the bacteria that's in your that's in gum disease yeah. also affects the heart, heart valves yeah. and the gut. And the gut. Big time. Yeah. Well, this is the problem. So right now, although I have always looked after my teeth, and I also had terrible dentistry mm. as a child. And then as a teenager, I used to go to some dentist hospital where all these students would bang in away and I used to get also get abscess. I mean, it's terrible. I mean, now look at what we did when we were younger. Or I look at what I did. Well, now, of course, younger. you can't see an NHS Now you can't even get yeah. into a dentist. <laughs> so I've tracked down a dentist in Southampton mm. who um, I have made an appointment to go and see who's very, very well recommended. There's a team of them and they work in a very holistic way. Mm. And there's also a strong belief that it's things like infections in your gum are related to trauma. Mm. So it's not even just the physical mm. but actually it's getting rid mm. of the emotional trauma as well don't cranial osteopaths also think that yeah. if you take teeth out it affects your sort of psychology later in life there's a lot of yeah. work that's being done on teeth and mm. gums and infections which i am now just about to mm. enter the world of mm. i remember i had a number of implants done when i was in my 30s and and they said oh these will be fine you'll be fine you'll it'll take you through for 30 years until their 70s well of course i'm in my 70s well when i had my when i had my mess sorted out i was about 45 yeah. and i'd been i'd been ill or do you remember i went through mm. that phase where i was constantly ill yeah. my children thought that i was actually an invalid because i was always getting infections and getting you know really yeah. tired and I had it sorted out but my dentist who did it who, who's called Samir Patel who's really really good and he said the thing about teeth is they're only really designed to last about 45 years because we're only really supposed to live till we're about 50 <laughs> yes, and the thing about teeth is that you know even during the plague one in 10 deaths was from tooth, tooth decay mm. I mean it was a big killer it was always a really it is a really big killer and he said that when he was doing his research a lot of the skulls that he was researching they, they'd obviously died from tooth decay I know, it's frightening. Well, I also, I grind my teeth and that's where it goes back to sort of trauma and being stressed out at night. I wake up. I went last week to see a practitioner, a recommended practitioner on Lyme disease and teeth. Mm. I was on the bed there for six hours having absolutely everything tested. 
with something that she calls and is called by the doctor that created it, ART, which is, do you know kinesiology where you have yeah. muscle testing? So this is the next stage of kinesiology where it's combined with tapping and other things. It's extraordinary mm. what's out there when you start, uh, you know, really well, getting into it. Well, they do that at the Mayo Clinic as well. When yes. You're, I remember lying on the sofa and they, them shoving something in my mouth and I'm like, oh my God, that's disgusting. And it was raw egg. Well, I, I, and the, I, I, I thinking, you could have warned me you were going to put I, a whole egg not, in my mouth. This was not about raw egg. This was like literally tapping different parts of your body yes. and seeing what's going on. But when I went to the Mayo Clinic, I had such an extreme reaction to the detoxification process Did that you? I actually became really ill. Oh. And that was why they ended up giving me potato because I was so ill. They said, no, 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 we can't, put, we can't keep you on the droid whatever it was spelt right. we're going to have to give you some nice potato with some herbs on it and, mm. and put me to bed with broth yeah. did they and yeah. a little bit I of a cream sauce they normally put on so, so this has now become your full time job it's become my full time job which I really don't have time to do because I actually am working at lots of other things like I you know I work with women and, and, and all sorts of stuff and coaching and things but it has become a full time I'm, I'm dreading to think what the bill's going to be at the end of it that's slightly worrying but I've really got to get myself I want to but the thing is though when you get to 75 yeah. um, I think the thing to say is that you know you do want to carry on, but you want to have good quality, don't you? You want to be healthy. My father started to get very ill and mm. it's awful because he always was quite a healthy, quite a robust person and now his body's failing him. And he just sits around saying that he's lost the will to live because he just says there's no quality of mm. life left anymore. Yeah. So the, what you're doing is what we should sort of all yeah. be doing in a way, which is that yeah. taking control of our health. And do it as naturally as possible. I don't take anything except for supplements mm. and uh, and I make a green what juice every morning i take vitamin c really good quality vitamin yeah. c i take magnesium which i think is really important yeah. vitamin d if, yeah. if i hadn't had any sunshine yeah. then at different times i take different things like iodine if my body needs it mm. but this whole test i've had last week is going that with this uh, young woman Cheryl is going to show me exactly right now what I should be doing mm. to get myself as well as possible I did get some natural herbs from Germany from the clinic mm. um, so and I make a celery juice every morning without fail it's an alkaline I do that. Do and does it really work though well do you I, think? I don't know it's, it's like what works and what doesn't yeah. work it makes me feel good it's an alkaline first thing and mm. Ursula told me to do it and I listen to everything Ursula says and I it does make me feel good so I start off the morning with a cup of hot water and mm. then I will make celery right just on its own mm. then I carry on drinking hot water and don't actually start on the green tea until about 11 mm. o'clock and I also am doing this sort of intermittent fasting a little bit loosely but not eating anything in a sort of eight hour window yes. that's oh, I don't really eat good. late yeah. actually mm. that's yeah. the thing I eat early yeah. generally and do you have to do you is the blood thing once a year or do you have to is it a one-off I he said you might no that you can go back once a year if right. you feel you need it but I I, I right now I'm I probably am going to go back the same time next year. I really would like it not every year on my birthday, I must say. But uh, it, I think I'm going back next year. So how much does it cost? It's terribly expensive. Um, it's £2,500 more or, less, or euros for each session. So the two sessions are both. Mm. Um, two and a half thousand and then getting over there yeah. and staying somewhere and so on. As I said in the article I wrote in the mail... Uh, I had this um, project that paid exactly the same money so I can justify it to myself. It's, well, it's, it's your 75th cheap. birthday present. Yes, it's my 75th birthday present. <laughs> anyway, it worked out, you know, sort of seven, 8000 yeah. I think I'll go back next year, but I also wanted to go on this other journey and depends mm. how much my teeth cost and all the rest yeah, of it. Yeah, teeth, I mean, seven or 8000 your it's teeth, not, that, not gonna go no, far, that's going to get you I'm half an implant. No, no, no. Yeah. It's going to get you an incisor. Yeah. I mean, my teeth, honestly. <laughs> but would you recommend it? Would you think, I, do you I think we should all be doing it? No, I don't think... 
everybody should. It's, yeah. You know, different things for different people. Mm. You know, nothing is a miracle. Mm. You know, it takes work. We need to have the lifestyle mm. that goes with it. So there's so much we can learn. I mean, it is a full-time job, but a fascinating Well, one. you must come back and come tell back. us yes. about your teeth. I'm just thinking we could just do a whole series on, yes. on, no, on no. let's just talk about <laughs> how we should age in the healthy, yes, natural way. Well. That was Lynn Franks. If you'd like to find out more, we'll put a link to her website in the show notes. When Hollywood's A-listers want to get into shape for a movie role, who do they call? David, David Higgins. Higgins. Um, <laughs> I'm really sorry. I'm really sorry. Uh, David has trained Samuel L. Jackson, Colin Firth, mm. Margot Robbie in oh, the yes. new Barbie movie. Yes. And he's also trained me. And uh, me. And Imogen many years ago. A thousand years ago um, when I actually looked quite good. Uh, David, <laughs> I'm not sure either of us are particularly good adverts for what you do, David. But it's so lovely to have you on. I remember you when you were about 12 and I walked into your Pilates studio with a really bad back because I just had another baby rather stupidly. Oh, that's and an error. Put, quite badly put my back out as a right. result. And I was told that I would have to have an operation because I had some sort of absurd slip disc or something. Mm. David said, give me 10 sessions and you will not need an operation. And after about five sessions, I did not need an mm. operation. And the reason I had hurt my back was because I'd been to that stupid hot yoga that you insisted I went to. <laughs> it's, also, it's actually your fault. <laughs> everything's anyway, my fault. Everything's my fault. Yes. Anyway, David's fixed my back and he's Good. brilliant. So David is a man who does amazing things. He um, does. In those days it was Pilates, but now you do so much more, don't you, David? I do, yeah. It's sort of branched out. The Pilates was my initial uh, step into the health and fitness world and... Now it's more a bit of everything, actually. Sports therapy, uh, sports nutrition, and now I have a business which uh, it, it, it's a, you know across the continents and and uh, dealing with with the, the good and the great, as it were, in the film industry. So it's 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 definitely expanded. So what happens? So someone signs a contract for a new movie. So say I don't know, I don't know Tom Cruise. Probably not Tom Cruise because he no, does all his own stunts. Someone yes. like that. Yes. So Margot Robbie <laughs> signs up to do Barbie, and everyone has to say you've got to have size two feet and enormous yes. bosoms. Mm. And they think, how are we going to achieve that? They ring you, yeah. and then you train them on set, or you train them prior to it. And there's some very funny stories in the notes about one about Samuel L. Jackson not knowing how That's to run. I can really identify with that. I can't run. <laughs> no. And then saying to you, saying to you, mother Astor just give me a gun I don't have to run if I have a gun that's a very good philosophy in yes. life weirdly Barbie couldn't Barbie couldn't do that no well I well I suppose almost oh god I'm probably doing this film thing for the best part of 10 15 years now and you know what that used to be the conversation or you know almost with there and thereabouts you know pre-Weinstein pre-Me Too that I had with producers and directors of the entertainment industry and I've never had a conversation surrounding what a cast member is now physically to look like with the producer, with the directors, probably for the best part of maybe five, six, seven years now. Now it's the cast come to me who, who goes, I want to look like X, let's do this. And I'm like, okay, cool. And then the studios and producers and the guys, and the, you know, they go, you know, you do, do what you want to do. You know, we, we want you to do what's best for the character. Are the, the ladies allowed to look a bit sportier than they were before? Is it all about arm muscles and things like that? I honestly think it's each to their own now. Similarly to every film now these days, it's let's get the best 
that your body is to look like so or, or to be like or to function like or to to act like so to be as resilient as possible so they can do wire work float around you know fly the thing used to be everybody has to look the same like mm. basically like nicole kidman mm. but it seems to me that there's much more acceptance now of different body shapes there's much more diversity in the in the sort of general yeah it's fantastic it, it's actually the beauty is it is it, not just one size no, and the, but anyway. the weird thing is, is they all have the same plastic surgeon, so their faces now all look the same, mm. but their bodies look different. <laughs> but tell me, how did you get into this? Who was the first person you trained, and how did it start? Um, my first step into the... I, I didn't know, first of all, that this this entertainment industry even existed, um, but it was through a client of mine, Matthew Vaughan, um, oh, yes. husband of Claudia Schiffer, yep. and he was he he's producer and director and he was writing and uh, starting a new film called Kingsman Secret yep. Service Great at movie. the time and it was effectively he was really worried about about Colin Firth because Colin you know and he he admits this he's like the furthest I've ever run is to the bathroom <laughs> last orders for the bar <laughs> yeah yeah uh, now they're getting to me do this action you know, yeah, because there's that amazing job. sequence in the pub where he kills everyone. Exactly, yes. exactly, yeah. exactly. And and effectively, that's what I was brought on for to make sure he didn't fall apart during that specific scene. So I was working with Colin that same day. My first day on set was that for that scene, that church scene where he, you know, kills everybody. And I met Samuel Jackson on that first day as well. And Sam was coming off a, another job that he was filming in Europe somewhere where he had effectively fallen out of this container unit, which the shot basically wasn't strapped in properly, and he fell out of this in like 10 feet and landed on his shoulder. And his shoulder was, you know, just totally busted. And they found out that I was on set, and Matthew's like, oh, go and have a look. So I met Sam that same day, and it was like you're walking into the, the trailer of this total icon. A little slightly nervous, first day on set. And then I sort of worked with Sam for a while throughout that entire shoot as well as Colin. And then Sam's like, well, what are you doing after this? And I said, uh, not much. And he said, can you come and look after me on Avengers? And I said, yeah, okay. All right, if you insist, Sam. So I mean, you, get, you, you get passed on like someone's sort of filthy secret well, then. Is that what it is? Basically. <laughs> I was just wanting to know, are actors better than the rest of us? So when you've got them in, uh, when you say, as in terms of, sort of raw material, so if Sarah and I walk into your gym, which we have done, uh, and you slightly snigger yeah. and you go, oh, God, God not, not them again. Those old crones. Are they better? Do they, do they sort of lean up quicker? Do they are, drink less is what she's asking. Do they asking. drink less? Do they eat better? I mean, how quickly can you turn an actor around and are they quicker to turn around than say a civilian which is obviously us okay so if, if we yeah. this is an interesting very interesting question in the gym finally i i'm gonna say yes oh you see i knew they would be they're special but it's not what you think it's not what you think it's because <laughs> they have literally got to look like the way that they have to look in front of a camera that is going to be however big in front of everybody, their motivation to look the best that they can possibly be far outweighs anything that you or I could ever imagine. So so realistically, absolutely, they put the work in. I look at them now, they're like elite athletes, these guys now. And it's really amazing to see what they, dedication-wise, they can really focus. Yes, like my boyfriend, for example, Chris Hensworth, uh -huh. he's very, he works very hard. He does, at his, he does. 
Yeah. Your boyfriend, of course, he works super hard. I actually think what you're saying is quite interesting because what you're basically talking about is not turning people into Chris Hemsworth. It's about making people flexible and healthy and also resolving their kind of issues. That's where I start. That's definitely where I start from. Yeah, that, well, that was where we started because with me it was I couldn't walk. I didn't really want to look like Nicole Kidman, although, you know, obviously if I ended up looking like Nicole Kidman, it would be fine. If that was a byproduct of walking. But but what I wanted to do was to not have a back operation, which, Mm. you know, I didn't really... uh, uh, And I think that this is something that the whole fitness industry really misses out on, which is that a lot of people are not that bothered about having the perfect body. What they would like is a functioning body, Mm. you know, and we all get to the age where, you know, Often with women, it's when they have children. Mm. You know, things just sort of don't really Fall line up. So, well, they don't really line up again properly afterwards. No. That's basically what I found. Yes. And, and you know, you just want to be not in pain. That's the motivation. I think that people kind of strangely lose sight of what their goals are. You know, that yes, there are the, the, these beautiful young people on social media who do nothing but eat live very little and work out and that's fine you know you can do that having seen childbirth happen not just through a professional experience but my wife going through it you're like wow you know the it's extraordinary to see what the body goes through but you kind of lose sight of what's real and what's attainable simply because that's not our life our lifestyle normal people are not built to be film stars or athlete athletes so much of what happens to people is they get very medicalized things go wrong and then you end up having injections or whatever or operations but actually so much of it can be fixed yourself absolutely yeah it just takes time and that's what you're good at teaching yeah but also don't you i think the exercise that you need to do changes as you get older so you know in the when you're young things like yoga is very very fun and very easy and good for you but actually as you get older you need to start doing weights and boring things like that yeah well it's it absolutely depends on how your body what has gone through i suppose what has been through over the last you know your life 40 50 60 70 years however long what you can kind of get away with rude <laughs> i'm not referring to the ladies in front of me i'm just to the listeners but is is is, is there one thing that you shouldn't do and one thing that hot you yoga should do? hot yoga i like hot yoga yeah do what you like to do that's all I can say. But I always think you should almost do the opposite because I've started, this is Anne's to go with this, I've started spinning. My body hates it more than life itself, but actually it's the best thing for me because I've got no muscle mass and no cardio and no stamina. Like a hamster. Yes, it is like being a hamster. But actually, weirdly, something like yoga, I can do really easily because that's the way I'm built. Yeah, you're absolutely right, actually. It, it, there's no right or wrong answer here on this. Uh, no, there is not a, such a thing as, you know, do one thing or don't do one another thing. That's what I find quite fascinating. Apart from Sarah and I, who's been untrainable? I've definitely thrown people out of the gym. People on their phones the whole time, or if they turn up intoxicated, whether they're drunk. People turn up drunk? Drunk? Oh, yeah. And on their phone? Do they know who they're with? Also, you're quite expensive, David. I mean, I I would at least try and be sober. (laughs) (laughs) One question. If there's one thing that people should do or could do to improve the quality of life, maybe if they can't afford a personal trainer or they don't have time or whatever, what would you say it is? Is it walking? Is it cycling? Intermittent fasting and walking. Intermittent fasting and walking because? Uh, Reduce the amount of processed food that you're eating by the time in which you're restricting yourself to, to eat it in. 
um, and just get out and walk and move your body a bit. So when the new Barbie movie comes out, we're going to be watching Bodies Chained by David. Good. You're welcome, um, world. That's You're very welcome. Exciting. If there's one A-lister that you would really like to get your hands on, Ooh. who is it and why? Well, my, I suppose my absolute man crush is Hugh Jackman. Mm. Oh, no, I'm with you on that. Yes, I'll fight you I. for him. So yeah, you want to have a bromance with Hugh Jackman, you and him. I would love to have a bromance with Hugh, yeah. You and him doing your f- pelvic floors together. Yes. <laughs> that was David Higgins, trainer to the stars. And you. <laughs> and we're going to put a link to his book, The Hollywood Body Plan, which is actually really good, in the show notes. If you enjoy listening to The Half Hour, why not visit mailplus.co.uk slash subscribe to get access to all our podcasts, videos, opinion pieces and more if you would like to get in touch. Tuesday at Mail Plus, me at Westminster Swag. Oh, Imogen. <laughs> You're not on Twitter anymore. But no, no, I've there's given a new up. One. There's a new one coming up called, what's it called? Thread. The, oh, the, maybe the, I should try yes, that. Yes, the, the other people are doing. The oh. uh, meta or whatever they call Facebook oh. people. Oh, oh okay. Yes, so you could start that. You yes, could do that instead. finally. Anyway, you've been listening to Female Half Hour with me, Sarah Vine and Imogen Edwards-Jones. Thank you for listening. <laughs>